Matthew chapter 14. And I want to read just a few verses here in Matthew 14. If you find your place or when you find your place, or if you don't find your place and just want to stand and pretend like you did, we're going to reverence the reading of the Word of the Lord tonight. In Matthew chapter 14, if you're able and willing, stand with us. I don't really mind if you stay seated, but it'll keep you awake if you'll stand with us, and then I'll try to preach as quickly as the Lord will let me tonight. And I thank the Lord for the opportunity, and I pray that I'd be a blessing and a help somehow to you this evening. You look at things that happen around here sometimes and you watch the meetings and so forth and then you see a crazy preacher from West Georgia get up here at 10 o'clock at night and start to preach to you and you think, wow, that crowd down there just goes overboard. I like church and everything and I like to go to church, but they just go overboard, just go too far is what they say, just go too far. And that's what the world says about anybody who tries to serve the Lord. Just go too far. There's a lot of folks who wants to be religious, but there's only a small remnant of people that wants to go overboard. And that's what happens in our text here tonight from Matthew chapter 14, beginning in verse 22. And straightway Jesus constrained His disciples to get into a ship and to go before Him unto the other side while He sent the multitudes away. And when He had sent the multitudes away, He went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, He was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, and the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. When the disciples saw Him walking on the sea... I want to roll back just a little bit there. We read through that like it's just ordinary. I mean, it's just Jesus walking on the sea, you know. It's just just our Lord walking on the water. We act like that's just routine. It's just ordinary. We've read it so many times and we've preached from it so much and we've heard the men of God talk about it and we'll say, you know, Jesus came walking on the sea almost like we was talking about somebody chewing gum or... Of my friend Tyner shoelaces. I'm talking about Jesus came unto them walking on the sea. Oh, friend, I'm telling you, it is a big deal. And we ought not to ever read these passages of Scripture so many times that we get careless and flippant with it and lose our fascination of my friend with the amazing power of God and Jesus came unto them walking on the sea. Praise the Lord. I mean, it's a big deal. Ain't none of us ever seen it, friend. None of us ever walked on the sea. Anybody has, you come on up here. I'd like to hug your neck tonight. I'm telling you, i never seen anybody walk on the sea. And Jesus came unto them walking on the sea. And they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Peter walked on the water to go to Jesus. Now there's a lot of preaching done criticizing him for falling in the water. But Peter walked on the water. And ain't no use in us criticizing him now for falling in the water. Because all of us falls in the water. And he's the only one ever walked on it. Amen. 
I'm my friend. And by the way, if he hadn't fell in the water, lots of us preachers would be out of something to preach on from time to time, wouldn't we? Amen. That's right. And he walked on the water, friend, to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and called him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased, and they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth thou art the Son of God. You can be seated this evening. I'm preaching if the Lord will help me for a few minutes now on going overboard. Going overboard. This whole world, it says, that's what anybody who loves God does. You've just gone overboard. A whole lot of preaching be done in this patch of Scripture. I can't do it all tonight. So you'll have to just uh, pull out of it what you need to. And I'm just going to draw just a little bit tonight in my specific place where the Lord's direct us this evening in the message. But friend, the world says that uh, my friend, that uh, if you go overboard, surely you'll drown. If you go overboard, surely you'll die. If you go and do something out of the ordinary, you do something you've never done, you go someplace you've never been, uh, you behave in some manner you've never behaved, you do something that's socially unacceptable in our society, and you just go slam overboard, they assure you that you will fail. Uh, matter of fact, if you live by faith, they'll say that you will fail. But I'm telling you friend, had Peter stayed in the boat, he may well have drowned. But thank the Lord he went overboard and he walked on the water. Praise God. Oh friend, the Lord came to them that night. He had prayed up a storm on them. And my friend, the wind began to blow. And they thought for sure they would sink. These professional fishers that seen the wind blow before, that watched and fought the waves before, that they thought this one was going to be the end of them. This would be their last trip. Surely this one would sink them. Oh, but then came Jesus unto them walking on the sea. The very thing that had nearly strangled them to death. The Lord was just walking out there on it like it was your living room rug. Amen. And that's a powerful God that we serve. And Peter said, they said, oh, said it might be a ghost now. It might just be a, might just be the grim reaper coming to get us all. And they were afraid. And the Lord said, be not afraid in his sight. And Peter said, Lord, if it's really you now, he's throwing out a fleece, isn't he? If it's really you, bid me to come to you on the water. And then Jesus said, had come. Oh, Peter jumped out the boat and walked on the water. And the world says you step out by faith. You walk with Jesus. You overcome your storm. You ignore all the critics. And the world will say, I understand the desire for people to become religious. But why do you just have to go overboard with this thing? Why do you got to become a fanatic? Why do you just have to go too far. Brother Atkinson, this is not new. Egypt has always talked this way. 
when Moses told Pharaoh, let my God said, let my people go in the wilderness and worship. He said, how far are you going to go? And Moses said, we're going three days journey. If we don't go three days, we can't worship. Hey, friend, if you don't go three days, won't be no life in the worship, friend. But praise God for the third day. And there is life in our worship. Woo! Hallelujah. That's parenthetical preaching. But it's a hip in my soul tonight. Hey, hey. And the old Pharaoh said, you can't go that far now. I said, it's just too far. It's alright for you to worship Moses. It's alright for them Hebrews to have a church service. But don't go so far. Oh, the world says, be religious. Put on a pretty suit and a gold tie and sit there with your hair fixed nice and to look sharp and all that business. Go ahead and build a building and put in pews and put in instruments and play with pretty sounds. Even let the preacher say a few words. Have some ceremonies and rites and rituals and make motions at one another and all such as that. Just don't go overboard. Just don't go too far. Don't just don't become a fanatic. And just don't go outside the realm of reason. Don't become sort of some sort of religious nut. But if you don't go overboard, you will never walk with Jesus. You know where Jesus is? He's walking on water. You want to walk with him tonight? <laughs> Woo! Enoch walked with God. He was, and then he was not. One preacher said that the Russians had cosmonauts, and the Americans had astronauts, and God has had a was not. Enoch walked with God, and then he was not. For God took him. You want to walk with God? And Noah walked with God in days like we're living in. He walked with God. Hey, Peter walked with the Lord. And you know what he had to do? He had to go overboard. Enoch had a testimony. He pleased God. And Noah had to find grace in the eyes of the Lord. And Peter had to jump out of his boat. Go somewhere he'd never gone. And do something he'd never do. Believe God when he couldn't see his hand in front of his face. And just trust him, the Lord. Anybody in the building know what I'm preaching about. And if you're going to walk with Jesus tonight, you're going to have to get out of your ship and just jump overboard and by faith serve him and trust him to keep your head up in high waters. Amen. You want to walk with God? You never will do it till you go overboard. This is a rhetorical question. Please don't embarrass yourself by answering tonight. But if there, is there anybody in the building this evening that you have never been called a fanatic? 
You have never been called a lunatic. You have never been called a Jesus freak. You have never been called one of the Friends members. You have never been called a ringleader of a sect the way that they did the Apostle Paul. You have never been called a troublemaker. You have never been said just going too far. My friend, I don't want to embarrass you tonight. Some of you sat there with every one of them questions and said, nope, not me. Nope, not me. I never have endured anything. That's what I'm telling you tonight. You will never walk with Jesus until you get overboard. Until you jump out the boat. Until you quit sitting around. And I'm sitting and waiting for some religious thing to happen to you. And say, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come and go overboard for Jesus. Ain't it remarkable? Brother Sammy talked about being a nervous person. I I suppose I am. I try not to act like I am, but sometimes I just fall slam apart. I don't like racket. I don't know if y'all realize that. Y'all probably wouldn't imagine that. Y'all think I'm just loud all the time. But I'm a soft-spoken person, and I don't like noise. And I don't like a lot of racket. I, I get nervous in crowded restaurants. I don't like it. It's bad atmosphere. It makes my food sit bad on my stomach. I can't enjoy it. They'll take us in some restaurant and put my wife. We'll go away. I have to get away by ourselves sometime. And they'll put us in a restaurant beside some group of about 75. That's celebrating a half a dozen birthdays. And they'll be screaming so loud we can't hear one another. Folks are falling all over our table with their food and all that kind of stuff. Have to whoop them off with a stick to get to the buffet line. It's just not a pleasurable experience for me. Our kids screaming like crazy. If we was going to listen to that, we could have stayed home with our own and listened to that. Amen. I mean, I just don't like all the noise. It makes me nervous. Oh, that's right. But it's amazing how the world crowd that says I preach too loud. That says y'all sing too loud. That says we stay too late. They'll go stay all night long at some restaurant celebrating somebody's birthday or doing some other foolishness. And to my friend, all them banging the dishes don't bother them. All my friend running all that machinery doesn't make them nervous. And my friend, all that noise and music, it does not make them nervous. And yet somebody sat over being saved talk about all our sins done been washed away and glorify God for an eternal heaven that my friend is laid up yonder on the other side and never fade away and they'll say preacher I like to die the other night at that revival meeting you was a preacher I had to go home and take me a volume before I could go to sleep isn't it remarkable that my friend doesn't bother their nerves to get on a hog and ride down the highway with their muffler rattling so loud. You can hear them in the next county. But I get to preaching a little loud and they say you've gone overboard. You're just a fanatic's what you are. I can't stand all that no 
us. You know what's the matter with you? You ain't but about half Christian. You're playing games. You're not serious about serving God, worshiping God, living for God. It's time you quit sitting. I'm not fit in your boat. I'm twiddling your thumbs with your head down. I'm not fit waiting to drown. And say, Lord, if you're walking by where I am, if you've just been me, I'll go overboard. I'll get on the water. I'll walk with you. I'll sell out. I'll go all the way. Hallelujah. And you know why it was Peter who walked on the water? Why not John? John's that disciple whom Jesus loved. Why not James? I mean, he took three, didn't he? The three of that inner circle. He took three. Oh, yes. Why not James? I mean, why not? Some of them other apostles or disciples. My friend, why? Oh, some of them was bold. Some of them so bold that they even felt like that the Lord wouldn't have been worth following. Said, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? They had boldness then. Why was Peter the one to walk on the water? I'm going to give you some real deep. Maybe you can think about it for a while and y'all that know me around here I know well enough to know I don't know nothing deep. But this is what I figured out. He's the only one that asked him. Amen. Peter said, Lord, if it be you, bid me to come to you on the water. He's the only one that asked to walk on the water. I believe had anybody else in that boat said, Lord, we'd like to walk out there with you too. Jesus would have said, come on, boys. Woo! Hallelujah. He's no respect for persons. I'm saying you look at me like Sammy Allen and you say, what a giant of the faith. I sure would like to be like that. Why don't you find where Jesus is passing by tonight and say, Lord, if it be you, I bid me to come. I want to walk on the water. I want to be filled with the power of God. I want to be baptized. I'm my filled with the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I want to be sorry. I'm my filled with the Spirit of God. I want God to inhabit my prayer life. I want God to fill my home. I want God to use my church. I want the Lord to bless my ministry. And Jesus, if you're passing by where I am in stormy waters and in a difficult time, if you'll just confirm for me it's you, I'll walk out on the water. Woo! Hallelujah. I listened to Brother Zach preach this afternoon. He told me a while ago he was 15. And uh, I thought while he's standing up here preaching and the Lord on him and helping him. And it was helping me. And uh, God was using him and uh, helping him and blessing him. And then the storm come up. I thought about this passage of Scripture. Oh, we are in them stormy times. Hallelujah. He's apart from us. They were on the water, but he's apart in the mountain. But he was in the mountain praying for them. 
Oh, we're on a stormy sea. We are in a troubled world, but he's praying for us. And I'm going to tell you something else what they didn't know. Not only had he been praying for them, but when the storm winds blew, he was real close by. He was near enough for them to hear him when he called out. And he is for us, friend. Oh, hallelujah. I thought while he's preaching this afternoon about the times when I was a teenage preacher boy and begging to have the power of God on my life and want the Lord to use me and do something in me and through me and use me maybe to do something for Him and begging the Lord to get on my life and go down there to the back side of the pasture and that old long-haired dog would go with me down to the creek bank and water on my belly and beg God do something in my heart and life. Woo! Oh, hallelujah. I had no idea the terminology I'm talking about tonight. But what I was saying is, Lord, I'm willing to go overboard if it takes it. I'm willing to do something out of the ordinary. I'm willing to step out and to go out on the water. If you'll just tell me it's you, Lord, I'll do whatever you want in my life. Hallelujah. These young people here tonight... And it ain't all young preacher boys. These boys and girls in this building tonight that the Lord wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost. He wants to empower you for service. These girls in this building tonight that the Lord has a great plan for your life if you won't squander it chasing after some frilly thing and chasing after some shiny, attractive object to this old world. If you'll forget about the football players and if you'll forget about who's cool and who's not and you'll throw away the idea of fitting in and belonging to the group. The group is sitting in the boat. The group, my friend, is just strangling in the storm. But there's one man, one man, only one man walking on the water. And he's walking hand in hand with Jesus. How will you go overboard tonight? Will you step out of where you are and what you've always done? And just say, Lord, if you'll bless me, if you'll honor me, if you'll help me, if you'll come down and abide with me, oh, Lord, I'll go overboard. And I'll walk with you. Hallelujah. Peter's desire. Peter's desire was to walk on the water. You know what he's seeing? He said, There's Jesus doing something, and I've always wanted to be just like him. He's my Lord. And if he's doing it, I want to do it. Oh, I want to emulate my Lord. And he said, if it's really you, just let me come out there and do what you're doing. <laughs> Woo! Everybody who seeks to be a Christian, that's what we want to do is be like our Lord. Amen. Somebody said, what if you fall make you like all the rest of us? What if a saint make you like all the rest of us? Hey, friend, what if you do? If the Savior's walking with you, He'll pick you right back up. Amen. I'll set your feet hey, back on the water again. What if you do fall? So what? Matter of fact, I'll say something more than that. It is a guarantee. 
guarantee you're going to. You're going to sink several times. Matter of fact, you may spend more time sinking than what you do walking, but it's worth it to sink most of the time every once in a while just to get to grab his hand and walk beside him and hear his voice and feel his breath and experience his power. It's worth it, friend. His desires to walk on the water to be like Jesus. His delight is to walk on the water and go to Jesus. If that's you, bid me to come. Aren't you glad Jesus didn't say, now Peter, jump out that boat and run for shore. He said, come. Peter got out the boat and the first thing he did when he realized he was in way over his head, he headed to where Jesus was. <laughs> oh, friend, my delight's not to be a show-off or a showboat. I don't have no desire for that at all. I don't need to headline squat. I hadn't got to have, my friend, a list of whoever's names or whatever churches I've been in. And I appreciate all the folks that's gracious to us over the years and bought us tanks of gas. My friend bought suits of clothes for us. I'm wearing a suit tonight my church bought for me. I mean a good suit. I'm Tom Joseph A. Bank. I'm not Goodwill Fashions, Joseph A. Bank. I'm I didn't buy my church bought it for me. Pair of shoes I got on, somebody else bought for me. Not because I can't afford to buy shoes, it's just gracious. But what I'm saying is, friend, I, I don't gotta have an offering to preach. And I don't need to have a paint on a pat on the back. And you ain't gotta brag about me tonight on Facebook. I'm just saying to you, it's my desire to find where Jesus is and grab him by the hand and walk with him every Every day, I ask him to let me walk, and he said, let me walk with him. Whatever course he's charted for your life, just walk with him. It's his delight. But then we see he suffered some distractions along the way. He saw the wind that was boisterous and bold. It was intimidating. It was frightening. He got his eyes off of Jesus and got distracted by the water. Oh, that water is the sea. The sea is the top of the world. It's always tossing to and fro. When we get to heaven, there'll be no more sea, no more world, no more trouble. But while you're on the water, even though you're walking with Jesus, even though you're following the will of God, even though Jesus told you to be where you are, my friend, the sea is still there. And he got his eyes on the sea, on the world around him. Got his eyes on the waves. Oh, he got distracted by the things that were surrounding him. Oh, friend, that praise God for His deliverance. And there could be no more immediate and present danger than where Peter was. But he knew some words that always work when they're cried from the depths of a man's heart. Lord, save me. And my friend, the Bible said when he was beginning to sink, and not when he had sunk knee deep or waist deep or up to his neck, but when he was beginning to sink, when you feel the first slip of your step when you first get tempted by the world the flesh and the devil when discouragement first comes and the 
first moment that the devil says resign the church and quit the ministry. I mean at the first discouragement he said Lord save me. If I'm going to walk on this water I've got to have your help. I've got to have your touch. I've got to have your power. I've got to have your deliverance in my life. And then I'm closing now. Notice the people's declaration. Last verse of our text. Then they that were in the ship came. After Peter jumps overboard, walks to Jesus, walks back with Jesus to the boat, he gets in, he calms the winds and the waves and the storm, then they that were with him come. They never walked on the water. They don't know nothing about the power of God for themselves. All they know, Brother Will, is what they saw God do in Peter. All they knew was what God did in somebody else. You living on that tonight? I mean, what God did for somebody else. But you know what they did when they saw what God did for Peter? They said, of a truth, thou art the Son of God. And they worshipped him. You know what I want tonight? This is real simple preaching. I'm a simple man. And that's all I know to do, but I believe it's right. Brother Marion, you know what I want? I want people to look at my life, and when they watch me, and I may fall a thousand times worse than Peter ever did, but when they watch me, I want them to say, you know what? God's working in him. That's the Lord. That's all that is. When they witness what's happening in my life, I want them to say, yep, that's Jesus. That's who it is. It's Jesus. I didn't know who it was when I was in the storm. I didn't know who it was when I was on the sea. I didn't understand. I want people when they're going through trials to look at my life and to say it's the Lord working. I appreciate the opportunity to step into a hospital room and pray. I beg God to help me when I do for folks that's in stormy waters to be able to look around when they can't get the faith to get out of their boat and to believe in God. I want them to be able to look at me and say yes. I didn't know if Jesus was out here in my storm or not but I just saw him in the life of that brother and I know it's Jesus I know it's him your family when they look at you they remember what you were before you got saved they know your personality and what you could be outside the grace of God they look at you and say there's one thing for sure it's just got to be Jesus that's all there is to it it's just Jesus I preached a funeral for a man a week ago, yes, no, a week, the day before yesterday is a week ago. He was 71 years old when he got saved. Five years we prayed for him. He came to our church. He came to this camp for five years. He stayed in the preacher's dorm sometimes and him lost. And uh, he'd give money to the church and all that kind of stuff. Had a real rough background, a real rough upbringing. 
had my family been in all sorts of trouble in his life. His mama was 95 years old when he got saved. And she said, I prayed for my boy for 71 years, but I never did give up, and God finally saved my boy. God finally saved my boy. I went out there and preached his funeral in Powell, Alabama, back about 10 days ago. Had his family gathered around there. A lot of them's lost. A lot of them's rough. A lot of them's on alcohol and drugs and living in rough lives. I mean, they decorated up with tattoos and the holes all in their face and ears and eyes and all that business. That's a rough crowd. But they love me like I was one of them and I love them. I like there's my own family. And they all said without question, most of them still lost. But they all said without question, one thing's for sure. We know he got saved. And some of them said he's the hardest man we ever knew. But said all he did for the last 11 years was cry and squall and tell everybody how much he loved him. We just know it is God. His son come to him and said, Brother Tobin, my daddy's always taught us boys not to cry. He'd whoop us if we cried. And he said, God saved my daddy and all he did for 11 years was cry. And he had big old tears are coming down his face. And he said, if I'm ever going to see him again, I know i got to get some things right with God. But he said, at least my daddy told me how to have a soft heart. You know what happened to him? They looked at him and said, Brock done got the real thing. He's had Jesus in his life. My dad's here tonight. I mentioned that. Did I tell you all my dad's here tonight? (laughs) I don't get to preach much to my mom and dad. It's a privilege to me to get to have them here. All you people, however many of them's left left tonight, y'all don't make me nervous no more. I've been around here enough, it don't make me nervous. My daddy's here tonight, and I'm nervous about preaching. I mean, I mean, I, I hate Brother Baloo said for my mom and daddy to stand up back there. And so y'all stand up. I don't know if he can hear me or not. He's hard of hearing, and he's getting slow and all that stuff, and I pick on him all the time. I'm saying, friend, hey, he, he, but he builds bridges. He's fixing to quit building them bridges, maybe and farm until he runs out of money. But uh, he's, uh, y'all, some of y'all farmers know what I'm talking about. Uh, but he builds bridges and hires men, fires men, all that stuff. And he tells all the time about a fella come up to want a job. There ain't no telling to people he's interviewed over the years wanting a job. This one going to be a carpenter, that one finished concrete, another one run a crane or whatever. And they're interviewing men of all sorts. One man in the course of 30-something years. One man, Brother Will, stands out at time and again. He'll testify this is true. Comes walking up and said, Sir, my name is, and told him his name. We're going to say his name is Bill. My name is Bill, and I'm a Christian. Amen. That's how he introduced himself. One man in over 30 years. Oh, there won't be many get out to water. There won't be many that folks will see God in their lives. That church parking lot might be full of cars. The pews may even be full of people, but there's just one here or there that stands out in the sight of sinners and in the eyes of the world. And my friend, those few, those handful that walk on the water are a testimony to everybody else. And when they see their lives, they say it's just Jesus. It's got to be Jesus. I want to be that person. I wonder to you tonight, do you want to be that person? A sinner's in the building tonight. 
you're thinking for sure, I know you are because I've been where you are. If I knew I could get saved and be real, and if I could live it, then I'd get right. You're thinking, I just ain't going to be a hypocrite. I'm either going to get it right or not at all. And if you're going to get it right or at all, it's going to take God in your life. You're going to have to jump out of the boat tonight. Some of you tonight that saved, you've puddled along and done about half of your best. You have attended church when you felt like it. Come to camp meeting tonight because somebody asked you to. Hung around because you're afraid Brother Allen to see you leaving. Sat there and wished this preacher to hurry up and finish, and I am. It may be a lot later in your life than what you think. And you need to say tonight's the night that I quit playing church and I quit playing Christian and I quit just attending at the house of God. And Lord, if you're passing by somewhere in this tabernacle tonight, just bid me and I'll come to you. Oh, some of you just need to sell out. I wouldn't put any ideas of what the Lord wants you to do in your mind. That's not up for me. That's for the Lord's doings. But I'm telling you, whatever it is, you can do it if He tells you to do it. If He says you can, you can. You know what we'd have done if we'd been hanging around that day, Brother Sammy? Most of us, you probably wouldn't. I know you well enough. I think you'd have been hollering Peter to jump. Most of the rest of us, I'll say, maybe besides Brother Sammy, most of us, me and you, Brother Andy, you know what we'd been doing? We'd say, Peter, you better stay with this boat. You're going to drown. Sure as the world. Are you out of your mind? We've been fishing enough to know a fisherman don't walk on the water. He stays with the ship. Peter, you better not go overboard. You better not jump in the water. You better not go out there. It may not really be Jesus. Your emotions may be playing games with you. You'll be going too far. And listen, it would not have been Peter, Jane, or James, John, Bartholomew, Matthew, had they been saying, Peter, don't jump overboard. It's not because they don't want him to walk on the water. It's because they're afraid that he will fail. And there are people in your life that they don't want you to get too religious. It's not because they don't want you to succeed. It's because they are afraid that you will fail. But I'm saying to you when Jesus says, come when Jesus says, get out of the boat when Jesus says, go overboard. It doesn't matter if the whole world thinks you're going to fail. If Jesus says, walk on the water, you can do it come. Jesus said so. Everybody stand if you're the one tonight that the Holy Ghost just pointed out your life and said it's time for total surrender. It's time to get rid of that junk in your life. It's time to turn from yourself and from sin. It's time to turn from your wicked ways. It's time to turn from your lost condition. It's time to turn from your lackadaisical service. It's time to turn from your half-hearted giving. It's time to turn from your lazy worship. Get out of the boat and go all the way with the Lord. Walk on the water, serve Him with a whole heart. The Lord said, has been unto you come tonight. Would you come and do business with the Lord? Sing for us whenever you're ready. I've done what the Lord's laid on my heart tonight. If you obey God this evening.